all, and welcome to another episode of A Little Bit Unfiltered, a little bit of production. We're so glad you're back. I'm Sarah. And I'm Molly. And we're both your hosts and the co-founders of Little Bit Of, the Inclusive Lifestyle Collective. On this podcast, we take an unfiltered look into what happiness and success means for entrepreneurs, influencers, and changemakers, including ourselves. No Photoshop, Facetune, or filters here. Welcome back to A Little Bit Unfiltered. Welcome back, everyone. We are so glad you're here. Welcome back. Today, we're very excited for this episode with our guest. So if you're here because of Sharon, welcome. If you're here as a long-time listener, quote-unquote, if this is the <laughs> third episode you're listening to, welcome back to A Little Bit Unfiltered. And wow, and- you're having a productive day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it's an accomplishment. Just write on your to-do list, listen to every ALBU podcast, and then you could just check it off. Yeah, and then you've done something today. (laughs) And especially with this podcast, I think this is some really good personal growth and introspection if you're listening. Um, Just a little content warning. Um, Sharon and I had a great interview, um, but we definitely did address some heavy topics like depression and anxiety and um, a brief mention of a celebrity who took their own life. Um, So if those are some topics that you would rather not listen to today um, and want to circle back to, put a pin in this episode and come back to us when you're ready. If this isn't your jam, totally fine to skip to the next episode, Um, but we definitely... um, went a lot of places talked about mental health as it relates to Black Lives Matter and activism. So definitely a jam-packed episode. So if you're continuing to listen with us, welcome. We're really excited. Um, As I'll say in the interview with Sharon, she was one of the first people that popped to mind for me personally when we started a little bit unfiltered. because of the way she balances her career, because as you'll hear, she left a nine to five cushy corporate job to create her own hours and get into the fitness space and very different worlds as you'll hear. But um, I think we're both very excited to hear from her and hopefully takeaways that you can get from this interview. Something also that is personal about this episode, I have never shared on like social media or anything like that about um, having generalized anxiety. And so I talk about that on this episode. So um, that's definitely a thing for me, I guess, Um, in the spirit of being unfiltered. I want to open up a little bit more about that because as my close friends know, it is something that is a big part of who I am, whether I like it or not. And um, really talking about how we should talk more about therapy and mental health and things like that because it is somewhat of a universal language and I've personally gotten so much out of relationships where I've opened up about that and even talking about it openly with my parents and times and setting boundaries that way has opened up our relationship so much more and strengthened it so much more. Um, So that's definitely something that happens in this episode. I'm not (laughs) sure what I'm getting from telling you guys about this, but that's something about me that I've wanted to share with people for a little while and just normalize it. 
And yeah. I think that's kind of like the theme of this episode is normalizing, talking about a lot of these big issues. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, that in the future, hopefully we can have a therapist on the podcast so we can really dive deeper into um, mental health and anxiety, especially in young women. Um, I think it's just so prevalent just within like myself and my friends and knowing how many people are going to therapy or um, have been diagnosed with generalized anxiety or social anxiety or something else. Um, I think it's something we really want to dive deeper into. Um, So yeah, hopefully you can like stay tuned. We want to really open up about those. Um, Obviously, I was not able to make the interview, um, so I wasn't able to share my own story. But Maybe one day on a different podcast we can chat. (laughs) Um, So stay tuned. (laughs) Yep. And if you're a therapist or know a therapist who wants to come on, um, let us know. We want to get all the different perspectives that we can. Yeah. And we'd love to talk to you about all of our issues. (laughs) (laughs) Because we have a lot of them. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Well, um, without further Further ado... (laughs) Here's my interview with the wonderful, incomparable Sharon Kim. Today, we are incredibly lucky to be joined by Sharon Kim, trainer at Rumble Boxing in D.C., certified personal trainer, elite TikTok creator, and a source of positive and honest energy on social media. Welcome, Sharon, to A Little Bit Unfiltered. Thank you so much for having me. I was trying not to laugh during your intro. It's so like TikTok, what? But it's kind of morphed into that. So thank you for having me and thank you for the kind words. Of course. I know that definitely seems to have taken off recently. And I love the crossover to Reels. And if you haven't, we will be plugging all of Sharon's information in the show notes of this podcast. But check it out because if you are in the DMV area, her TikToks, especially about the DC dating pool, are unparalleled. I just die every time and I have to send them to all my friends because they're so true. Um, (laughs) But definitely um, so excited to have you on this episode. I think. I was trying to do the math of how long I've known of you, I guess. And when I first did my class at Rumble, and I think it was almost two years ago, and my roommate and sorority sister at the time, it was super into all of the DC fitness classes. So she's like, come do this like boxing workout class with me. And I was like, okay, that sounds fun. And I remember we walked in and my sister was wearing her Kyo shirt and you like freaked out and was so welcoming right before the class started. And it just was, it just kept building from there. And I am very selective. Molly and I talk a lot about sort of the boutique workout space and how some of it can be really toxic. So I went in very cautious and came out totally hooked because I think it was just such a positive space that is a lot of credit to you that you create in the studio that really wanted me to come back. Unfortunately, I was working on a work-study salary, so I was so excited when um, quarantine hit and I was in Vermont and I had a little extra cash and I got to do one, and that was back in the days of when everybody was doing workouts in March and April to sort of substitute what they were doing. And I remember it was such a great way to break up the day, um, 
but obviously rumble is not all that you are as a person. Um, and that goes to why we wanted you on the podcast is because here at a little bit unfiltered, we really want to strike that balance between business and lifestyle and strip away all those filters that a lot of people have up that don't really allow you to see who they are or the behind the scenes, for lack of a better term, that goes into making a person and making a person living through a pandemic or living through a not a pandemic and how a lot of times there is that balance of managing your own mental health or things that come up in your life with the rest of your work and your relationships. And I think you, Sharon, have struck, I I like to say, the perfect balance between all of it. And I was super inspired when I first started following you on Instagram after I started taking your classes. But since then, I just look forward to every time you post or you do a story. And it's just the way that you are so transparent about sharing every aspect of your journey through the pandemic and working at Rumble and then doing online classes. It was, you took us all on the journey with you. And I hope people have told you how grateful we are that you have because it really normalized that 2020 isn't perfect in so many ways. Um, So I've talked about you a lot. (laughs) So I figure I should let you talk about you, who you are, your time at Rumble, what exactly Rumble is for our listeners and anything else you want to let us know about. All right, let's unpack. If you're listening at home, hello, my name is Sharon. Uh, Some people call me SK. Those are just my initials. SK all day or skimmy. Um, I actually am a Northern Virginia native. Um, And so I'm from the area. I went to school in South Carolina, um, go Gamecocks. And then I came back and started working in corporate America. And so um, I was in specifically stock brokerage and bank risk ops. And then, you know, I hit a point where I was like, this is no longer serving me. And why am I sitting in just like my cubicle of wasted potential? Right. And so at that point in my life, I had found boxing and just the empowerment that it had given me as a, as a woman and as a minority woman, and as just like a human being. Right. And so I kind of went down the rabbit hole and I was like, well, how can I help others even just feel a fraction of this empowerment that I felt and that I found. So, um, And then I found Rumble. And so um, I had to make the leap because Rumble is a group fitness concept. It's a boxing inspired workout. So you don't necessarily, you don't have to have boxing experience, right? And so the instructor will take care of that for you. But I would say it's not even just a workout. It's a whole experience. And that's what, um, especially in our onboarding training in New York, they had us really like hammer home that it's a whole experience, like the lights, the vibe, the music, we do stuff on the beat drop and a sold out class, you know, pre-COVID. It was 60 people. So that'll be 30 people on each side. It's just high energy. And so it's a good place to one, build community and two, just that positive place that you were talking about. It's a welcoming space and it's what you need to make of it. So, you know, there's 10 rounds, five rounds on the boxing with the aqua bag and then five rounds on the floor with dumbbells and, you know, weight stuff like that. And you know, some people come in after work to blow off steam. Some people use it as like a way to meet other people, especially because DC is such a big transplant city. Um, and so, you know, group fitness is what you make of it. And so rumble has just really been an amazing thing for this city, I believe, because, um, this concept was brought to DC in 2019. 
okay. April 2019. Then before that, Rumble only existed in New York City, San Francisco, and LA. So just to be a part of that founding team has meant so much. You know, we're not just the talent on the team on the stage. We also like you know put together the weight racks that you go in the back, and we screwed on the desk chairs and everything. So our heart and soul went into you know opening that studio. Um, and so, yeah, it's, and then, you know, I say this a lot in class and sometimes when you're not in, in the moment it hits, but sometimes, you know, like just in a podcast, it may sound corny, but you know, rumbles more than just a workout. Sometimes it's a, it's a feeling, right? So I've had people cry in my class or, or say, you know, this happened and now I feel totally different and, and, you know, to each their own. Um, but that's kind of what rumble is the best I can describe it. Um, and so, you know, with COVID happening, fitness industry took a hit. So rumble, not just rumble, but pretty much everyone got furloughed in fitness. Um, and so I don't think the fitness industry will ever be the same again because the digital, the the digital platforms have now, if it was going to happen, it had to happen this year. And so, um, we all pivoted and then, you know, I was very open about my journey, even about Hey, I have to file for unemployment and the unemployment office is backed up. I'm, I'm screwed. Like I'm very open about that. Not because I wouldn't say I'm like complaining on social media. It's just, I'm a very open person and I found that I'm just a very expressive person. And so if I keep that in, it feels like I'm just not really living, you know, on my terms. And for me, I'm like, I left my job to live on my terms. So if I'm not doing that in every aspect of my life, then, then am I really honoring my highest self? So, you know, that's the high level. And today we're here, you and I, and yes, when you guys came through, I was like, oh my gosh, because I was a Kai Omega at South Carolina. And I was like, oh, we got Kai Omega in the building. I was so excited. And you know me, I was like, well, I graduated in 2013. Let me relax because I've been out of school for a while. (laughs) Like, let it go. (laughs) So yeah, we're here today. And, you know, I, I feel like my purpose you know, two years ago, I felt like my purpose was, you know, help people through fitness. And and now I'm kind of becoming more aware of my level of empathy and how that can be instrumental in helping others. And now I feel like my calling is, hey, I'm helping others. And fitness was just one vehicle through which I did that. And now there are so many other ways, especially with me, you know, we can talk about this more in depth, you know, later on, but, you know, I got diagnosed with depression earlier this year. And so I've been, you know, battling depression most of 2020. Um, so, you know, just even being open about that and some people, even friends from my hometown who didn't even realize like what it looked like, or, you know, there's just so many perceptions and misunderstandings and a lot of misinformation about it that I felt like through my struggle, through sharing, you know, my journey, it, it can help others and it can help others who are silently struggling, silently suffering to feel less alone. And listen, I know I'm not for everybody. So some people don't like how much I share, how much I post. And that's fine. The unfollow button is so accessible. So, and that's the thing. It's like, you can follow along for the ride. If not all good. And I'm honestly just trying to figure it out myself and trying to help people along the way. Yeah. And I think you definitely have, we've messaged about this a little bit, but I was so inspired by your openness because I do think that's right. It never comes across on the viewer side as you complaining or you being petty. It's just what life is. And I think it's so relatable, at least for me, in so many different ways. And I told you that like, I've been really hesitant to talk about my mental health journey. And I think in 2020, it was so heightened and so many people were sharing their stories. And 
I sat back and I was thinking, this just doesn't feel right because I live so much of my life on social media and it felt like something was missing and that I wasn't being authentic. And I think that point that you brought up about misinformation and so many misconceptions is so true because I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety back in my senior year of high school. And I remember I gave a talk at like a group I was in and I wrote everything down and wrote about my experience and I gave it to a mentor to look over and she came up to me after and she was like, you don't look like you would have anxiety. Like you don't seem like that. You're just so confident in all of this stuff. And that was the first time someone said that. And then, yeah, it kind of knocked me back on my heels. And I'm like, what is anxiety supposed to look like? What is like mental health issues supposed to look like? And I think that is such a conception that as I went on, I think some of the people that I've met that have been the most confident and the most outwardly expressive, the biggest extroverts are sometimes the people dealing with the most inside. And I think that was when I realized nothing that we've learned for the most part about what anxiety, depression, anything looks like is true because it just, it, none of it rings true when you meet people who are struggling with it and it presents different in men and women and different ages. And I think it's so refreshing to see because I've been figuring out, trying to figure out the perfect words or the perfect way to do it. Because I think a worry of mine is I'd post it and some people wouldn't like it, but I think you just hit the nail on the head, the unfollow buttons right there. The people who are going to want to ride with you are going to ride with you. And the people who aren't, can just leave because they're not your people yeah exactly and I think 2020 I've gone on an unfollowing spree for so many different reasons whether it's COVID or things like that and it's just protecting your energy is such a big thing that I've found and whether it's with specifically with mental health that if I have people that just don't understand that and are never going to understand that that's not helping my energy at all. It's draining me, in fact. But finding people who do understand and do take the time to educate themselves, like I think even explaining mental health to your parents and going through that journey is something in of itself. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I can't commend you enough because I think 2020 has obviously done a lot, like being cooped up in your own space. And for someone like as like extroverted as you are and you're such a people person from like the little that I know about you and it's so tough to be inside and not be able to hug people something so basic as that I'm sure that like I know I've struggled with it and I don't think I'm as much of a people person as you are I um I'm a little bit of both, right? Mm-hmm. Like I love people, but I, everyone has a social battery. So um, I do need my time to recharge, but yeah, the beginning of quarantine was really difficult for me um, because I am such a people person. And that's how my TikTok honestly accidentally started. Cause I was going stir crazy. And I was like, no one has this app during this time. Let's just dance and have fun. And, make mm-hmm. and now <laughs> it, it, it's at like 16,000 for what? Like I, cause it's not even like I have a set schedule or like a, um, a kind of plan on my TikTok. It's just, if I feel like posting, I'll post it. When I was really deep in my depression in the fall and the summer, I wasn't really posting. Um, and, but even when I was, it, it was, I was still very open. I would even make fun about my depression just being like, oh yeah, like, you know, 
make TikToks about it. I mean, it's kind of dark humor, but you know, that's how, that's how I was choosing to cope. And I, I can laugh at myself even through the kind of sticky stuff. Um, but yeah, that's a really good point that you bring up though, especially about people who are like, oh, well, you don't look depressed. And it's usually the people who are the most lively, like perfect example, take Robin Williams, right? Like, uh-huh. it, you know, amazing movies, the comedian, you know, and, and this whole time, people, you know, your everyday person didn't realize he was fighting this battle. And, and then he eventually committed suicide, like how tragic. Right. And, and to that point, it's just insane how if Michelle Obama or Chrissy Teigen or a celebrity opens about, opens up publicly about how they have depression or how they had postpartum depression or how they struggle with anxiety, everyone is like, Oh, like poor them. Or like, you know, I didn't know that or whatever. And so they, they seem like, you know, supporters of normalizing the conversation about mental health until it's someone they know until it's someone who's not famous until it's your everyday person. And so that's why I, I, cause I saw that happening around me too, because it's not even like I'm the only person who has depression and is struggling with it. There have been people who are diagnosed even as early as childhood. Right. So I, I was kind of seeing this and I was like, yo, this isn't right. And especially in the fitness industry where we're known as being the um, perpetually positive people. And I am, and, but that takes work. That takes, that takes a constant practice that takes constant effort, but it, it also on the other side of the coin gives way to, especially in Instagram culture for like toxic positivity. And um, a lot of people in the industry and just the entertainment industry period, just being very selective about what they choose to post. And that's t- nothing wrong with that. Right. But for someone who's just consuming all of this on, you know, their phone, just the everyday person, and it, it makes you feel more isolated. And when really hundreds of millions of people suffer from depression and the number has only skyrocketed because of COVID where we already had to isolate. And so the isolation factor just gets more and more intense. And so that's another point that I wanted to bring up is just like, when celebrities speak, speak up about it, everyone's like, oh, wow, so brave. Or, you know, oh, did you know that Michelle Obama opened about uh, uh, about her low-grade depression in her podcast, whatever, like, poor her. But then when it's like, you hear about, oh, yeah, so-and-so's daughter started going to therapy for anxiety, like, it it, does, it turns into such a gossipy thing. And, and that's what I really want to, like, work to change. It's like, okay, well, you wouldn't have this tone about somebody going to get their teeth cleaning, right? Why is it why is it that way about someone going to therapy? Because honestly, my friend Sydney said it's like, it's like brushing your teeth, but for your brain. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> like, it's like, you know, we are so comfortable about this culture is so comfortable talking about who we had sex with or, you know, when we had the last time we had strep throat or whatever, you know, things that happen with our physical bodies. But when it comes to mental health or, or even just say the word depression or bipolar, anything, it's like, people just one either go radio silent or two you know say your typical gaslighting oh well you don't look this way or oh that's not real or it's in your head and they're not trying to be malicious i think it's just a disconnect in how much do they really know and two are they are they just at a loss for words and they don't know what else to say um and so that conversation i think needs some some it needs to be brought out to the surface. And I, and I realize that I have a platform. I may not have like millions of followers, obviously. However, I know from my following, the small following that I do have, they're very engaged. And, um, I have to set boundaries on when I get back to DMS and all of that. So I know that people are watching and I would be remiss not to show 
most aspects of myself. I mean, obviously there are things in my private life that I'm, I'm not going to show like who I'm dating and all that, <laughs> but, um, but like, I would be remiss if I only showed, Hey, like I'm going on this mile run today. And then the next day, if I can't move because I can't get out of bed because my crippling depression and I can't even make it to my client's appointment, like I will show that, that I can't move that day. So, um, I think it's just important to show a full picture because we don't get that a lot. And for me, I'm just kind of like, what do I have to hide? I'm not trying to impress anybody, right? Like I didn't leave my very comfortable corporate job to do this for like what the clout, I would have gone another route then something that was much more lucrative, right? So for me, it's just kind of like my intentions are pure and I'm an open book. And I don't have any more shame that I used to have about my mental illness. Like, and it's not even like it's a forever thing, right? So, um, I just wish people would view it differently and take the time to educate themselves instead of just being like, oh, well, depression looks like, you know, the extreme case that they would see in movies or something, because that's not really accurate either. Right. So. um, So, yeah, I, I think I think this conversation needs to continue. I think it needs to be normalized. I think it needs to be treated just like how we would talk about going to the dentist. Mm hmm. I think that's so, so important. Like normalizing therapy is so important because I, for the longest time, like in high school and then even in college, I would just refer to it as like going to the doctor. And I just like went to the doctor every week, which also goes back to your point as it's your health. But that was so much more accessible because I didn't know of anyone in my high school that was going to therapy or was struggling with illnesses outwardly. So I felt really alone in that space. So I was so ashamed of it. And then I forget when the switch hit, but then I just like, I started talking about it all the time and I've been seeing the same therapist for like five, six years or so. So I refer to her all the time and I'm like, oh, I just like talked about that in therapy or this is something that I learned. And now my friends hear about it all the time. And it's just, I think it's opened up so many conversations with even some of my closest friends that we hadn't really scratched back those layers a lot. And I think it goes to how it manifests, like how anxiety and depression manifest in so many different ways that I'll be talking to a friend and then maybe they'll go radio silent for a couple of days or I'll go radio silent for a couple of days. And I'll be like, did I do something wrong? Or is like something off? But then it just turns out to be like, they were just having a tough day or they couldn't get out of bed or I couldn't get out of bed. And I think that, I think, working through the nuances of what everybody's experience is, is so important because there's the level of everybody seeing celebrities going through struggles and being like, oh, that's so brave. And then maybe learning with their friends to be like, oh, that's so brave to share, but then not really engaging in what it actually looks like being like, oh, I understand you have anxiety. Oh, I understand you have depression, but not realizing that when they don't talk to you or they have this big reaction to something you don't think is that important, that's a way that something manifests. And I think there's so much room to grow. I think 2020 has been great in that respect that so many more people are like, why am I putting on all of these filters or I'm filtering my language when everybody else is starting to have this discussion. And I think a big thing um, was the Black Lives Matter movement. And I remember I saw you post that you were going to protest all the time. And I was watching from Vermont where there wasn't a lot of movement, like people were supporting it, but there weren't a lot of protests to go to. And then I saw your post about for mental health, not going to all of them. And I had a conversation with a close friend a couple of days later, and he said the same thing. He's like, it 
there was just this element. And I was wondering if you wanted to talk about that, because I think that is another element that came up and that processing through new experiences. Yeah, for sure. I um, DC is a very unique city because it may not be a big city like New York City. However, it is a very powerful city. And so, I mean, it's not a comparison of where it was the most dangerous because that's not what it's about. Um, but I definitely wasn't mentally prepared for that. And um, because we not only have, you know, U.S. Park Police uh, metropolitan police, but also secret service, the closer you get to the white house and the black lives matter plaza is guess what? It's like right by the white house. And so, um, it's a very, um, high tension, uh, situation. And I, I know that some people, especially in the beginning took pictures and all of that. And, you know, everyone do like, I, I understand needing to document, right. Because I want to document my life as well. However, I don't want people to people who have not been to the protest to see these pictures of poster holding on Instagram and think, oh, it's like a fun like thing, you know, because there was this whole I've seen TikToks that went viral, like in California, especially of like girls who literally looked like they were go- about to go to Coachella and like thought it was like a something just like a photo op, which which was really hurtful because. For someone who is so involved in that and, you know, one day has to bring goggles and then because we were getting sprayed and then the next day has to like sprint while getting rubber bullets uh, shot into their backpack. Like it's it's not a photo op. It's, it's really just taking up space. And and, you know, for me, I was already not in a good mental space because I had just lost my job because I wasn't getting through the unemployment office because I had to come up with every cent on my own and I wasn't getting rent relief. I. I, I should have, I'm not saying I should have, would have, could have known better because I, I think everything works out the way it's supposed to. However, someone with my level of deep empathy and um, my emotional state and my anxiety already where it's at and me already having depression, but not knowing it at that time, it, it just kind of it exploded. And so um, it's, it's not a fun situation, but I think it's important to, especially if you are indeed like in my situation, I was steps from the Capitol and I could not just sit by and not participate. Right. Because this is a huge, huge, huge um, deal in our country. And um, cause sometimes it's not even about we're protesting, we're taking up space. Sometimes it's about where can I be of help because people are dehydrated, people need rides, you know? And and because this was when, you know, during quarantine when they instilled curfew, I had to drive a stranger home because like his leg gave out because he was marching all day. Like it's it's really using my, because I lived in Navy Yard too, really using my location and where I'm at and my resources to the best of my ability to really help out others and really help the cause because this is about giving you know, black people a voice and that they didn't have prior. And so it's not my place to speak on what needs to happen and all that, but it is my place to take up space for them and allow them to have the space to speak on whatever they need to get out, whether that be anger or whatever it is, because everything they feel is valid and it's not up to anybody else to tell an oppressed group how to feel or how to express their pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was a very interesting <laughs> time. I definitely learned a lot. Um, 
I found out that I had uh, indicators of PTSD, according to my therapist. And that's another misconception too, because I, I was gaslighting myself. I was like, wait, I was like, wait, wait, wait a minute. I was like, these are just nightmares. And honestly, like, this isn't PTSD because I haven't been to Afghanistan. Like, she was like, you don't, because that was, that was my conception that it's like on one end of the spectrum. But technically she was like, no, that's trauma. You have a repeated night terrors and you're repeatedly putting yourself in that in that same environment. So you're not going to get better. Mm -hmm. And so I had to really just take a step back and honestly, self-preservation and, um, taking care of yourself is part of the resistance. So, um, I learned a lot that summer and I think it kind of brought to light it, things like that always bring to light the sur to, to the surface, things that need to be addressed. And you can't heal from something unless you acknowledge that something needs to be fixed in the beginning. Um, so, so yeah, the protests were definitely, um, a high stress situation. And I definitely like, if you are someone who suffers from anxiety, don't go <laughs> find another way to be of help, be a voice for someone, be a voice, spread, spread the news, you know, donate if you can, um, support black owned businesses, but, um, protesting isn't for everybody. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think that's, incredibly true because I came to DC in August. So I was only there for the huge March in, I think it was later August. Um, but for the most part, I was sitting in Vermont and basically watching everything unfold on my phone. And I think you touched on something that activism, especially when it comes to Black Lives Matter, is something that needs to be sustainable. And when you're burning out so fast and then you can't help for a while or it sort of hits you so hard when your energy could be used over a longer period of time in a more effective way that's something to figure out where like you said protesting isn't for everyone and finding different ways to make sure that you are continually showing up and you are continually figuring out how to be the best activist or just take up space in whatever way that means and sometimes that's checking in with yourself and seeing what works and what doesn't work. But I think, yeah, when a lot of people are treating protests as like photo shoots and like Halloween parties to dress up to and things like that, it's I think it's definitely there's so many em emotions when you're watching other people taking away from the movement and taking away that space. I think it's frustrating on a lot of levels. And I think it's it, I think you're absolutely right. And I think you touched on something that you say some say a lot on your social media that I use all the time. I give you credit all the time, but it's the notion that you can't heal in the same space that you were hurt in. And I, I use that all the time. And when I'm talking to people and I was like, you know what, I think this is kind of something that could be useful. And I think that goes back to the idea of influence, like you might not have a million followers, but if you say something that resonates with someone, that's influence. Or if you're in a position where people are listening to you, or like you say, people are watching you, that's influence. And I think we found, especially over the past year, and especially with Black Lives Matter, that people are watching in a lot of different ways and influence means a lot of different things. And there, it's really easy to be a good influence. And it's really easy to be a positive influence on the world and being a positive influence doesn't mean being positive all the time. It means being real. And I think it comes back to that idea of toxic positivity, which is something you said and something that I'm constantly working through because I think I do that a lot to myself. And that idea of gaslighting yourself into believing that what you're experiencing isn't true and that you should be happy or like if you're 
in a certain career that you should be happy all the time because people are watching and you they want you to be a certain way. But I think so many people are more happy and are more influenced when you are more authentic. And that's something that I've found at least that I've created stronger connections with people, both professionally and personally, when I've sort of taken that away and been like, you know what, this is what's going on with me. Like sometimes I can't answer the phone because I'm having an anxiety attack. I can't make it to that meeting because I have therapy. Like it's so many different things and just normalizing, talking about it in conversation. So then it can come up in a bunch of different areas in your life. And I just, once again, I'm just sitting back and I just had this moment where I was like, wow, I'm going to like listen back to this interview and I know that I'm going to be like rewind and just play everything you said over and over again, because I, I hope like, you know, how wise you are. Like, it's just, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy because I think I've started unfollowing some of those bigger quote unquote influencers over the past year who do engage in that toxic positivity and maybe post like, and everything is going to be okay. And a black swear in June and like, leave it at that. And just like the positive messages and with everything that they're going through in their own life and everything our country's going through. And that just didn't serve me. It didn't serve my energy. And I started following a lot more people who are like you, where it's actually being a positive influence and really taking the time to let people into their life not every aspect, because you do got to, like you said, you got to protect some things that just some people don't need to know about. And I struggle with that, too, because I've always been an open book and I've had some things happen over the past like six months or so where I'm like, that is something that I'm not comfortable sharing. That's personal and it affects more than just me and realizing that that's OK, but um, letting people in in other ways, because it does it's what people want right now. And it's what people need. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're introverted or extroverted at the end of the day, we are human beings, human Mm -hmm. beings crave connection. And honestly, through shared pain, people have deeper connections. And I, I feel like that's a reason why my engagement is the way it is, even though I don't have that many followers. I think it's important because I really do feel like when I do take the time out to respond to people that I don't even know DMs, you know, like I I feel honored that they feel like they can open up to me about what they're going through or their experience with antidepressants or, you know, this, that, and the other. And I really feel like when I take the time to respond, even though I don't personally know that person or know where they live or know where they like were as a kid, like, I really do feel like this is a real connection because I'm listening, I'm listening twice, responding once. And I just feel like these connections are real. Even if they are happening on Instagram, we need the, like, we don't realize this is like unseen, um, unseen little like bits of, a human connection that we all need and crave that sometimes we may not admit that we need, but let's be honest here. We're all human beings. We all crave attention. We all crave love. And to deny that is pretty much just being in denial of your being. Right. But I think it takes a lot of work on yourself. I think it takes a lot of time being alone to really get clear on, Hey, this is what I need. And this is, this is what's good for me. This is what's not serving me. It takes a lot of, um, it takes a lot of self-reflection. And, and I know, I remember uh, Beyonce, the queen of the world, she, um, in black is King, she said something like to live without, to have a life without self-reflection is, is pretty much like, are you even existing at all? Right. So I know I, I didn't say it exactly the verbatim, but it's pretty much to that effect. And it's like, you need to constantly reevaluate yourself. Um, 
and even just like your current levels, like your gauges of like, just like how you would check on the groceries, like, oh, we don't have as much oat milk. Like I have to go to the grocery store next week or we're good on apples. I don't need apples this week. Right. So it's kind of like that, but you check in on little things about yourself. It's kind of like, okay, where am I feeling kind of inadequate or whatever? Why do I feel this way? What can I do to challenge these thoughts and boom, enter therapy. The therapist can label these things much more clearly and quickly um, than you would yourself without your own bias. Right. Um, and they just kind of help you sort through. They don't make decisions for you because you are, you are your own person, but that's why therapy is so helpful. I think everyone needs therapy always. You don't have to be going through some trauma to need to go to therapy. Right. And so, um, I think it's just really important to, you know, I feel like I've heard something where it's like the wisest people have been through like the most shit, honestly. Um, and I, even before I decided to leave my job and all that, I feel like I've just been through so much, um, that I, I don't want to hide in the shame of things that happened to me. I don't want to hide in the shame of my traumas or somehow think it's my fault. Um, and this is the way I choose to live. And it may bother some people because it may threaten some of the demons that they haven't addressed yet. It has nothing to do with me though. And so, you know, I'm just hoping that the way I live my life and, you know, will inspire others to kind of live unapologetically as well and step into their truth because everyone has been through a lot and everyone's story is so unique. And, you know, if you're healing from trauma or whatever, it, there's no wrong way to heal when it comes to the level of transparency. You don't have to share. Some people don't like sharing and that's totally okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. Um, but it's like focus on, get, it's just important to just get really clear on what you need. And that just takes a lot of self-reflection and self-honesty. Yeah, I think it's like developing a relationship with yourself in a way that you would de develop a relationship with another person. And I think therapists are so good at that because it sort of helps you decode your own language and figure out, oh, this is a pattern that I'm in. And that's something I sit back and sometimes my therapist will say something and I'll be like, it's like everything clicks into place. And it's like, oh, I do this a lot. And these are some ways that I can challenge that. But also being compassionate with yourself as you're going on this journey is something that's so important too, because the work isn't going to happen overnight. It's something that happens over a long period of time. And I think it's challenging those notions and then being okay when sometimes you mess up because it's a journey and people call it a journey for that reason, because there's ups and downs. And I think it's, it's so inspiring to see so many people, yourself included, show those ups and downs, because I think there was a story you posted one time, like 24 hours ago, I was doing this. And then today I couldn't get out of bed. And I, I saw that and I was like, yes, I just, I sat back and I was like, someone else is going through that. And it's almost like a shared language that when you're talking to someone who has a similar experience, just in general, it's, you can sort of tell, like I was watching an episode of The Bachelorette of all things. And one of the contestants started talking and like first sentence in, I texted my friend and it was just like something clicked. And it's just like you, it expands your understanding of someone because you start to learn the language that other people use and that are accessible for other people, for you to connect with them. And that idea of a deep connection is so true because I remember one of my closest friends now, like the first time we hung out, we just started talking, barely knew each other and just started opening up. And then suddenly it felt like we knew each other for years because of the short sort of like shared pain or shared experience. And I think that's something that's so true. And I, I could talk to you for hours about this, honestly. This has been so enlightening and so 
great to talk to someone who's so open about it because like I've said this is like very uncomfortable for me in a lot of ways because of that idea of being judged and some of my other personal demons that are a whole other podcast um but I was wondering what do you think people could use more of or less of on social media? I know that is a whole nother episode in, in of itself, but if you could sort of boil it down, what's on your like wish list for social media going forward? Can exhibit more in empathy. Um, sometimes, and I don't agree with what everyone's doing on social media in the age of COVID. Um, however, it's like, you can't change people. And someone may be posting that, like, here's an example, right? Like, and I don't know anyone in this situation, but let's just say um, someone may be posting that they're out to dinner with a couple friends, but I don't know if right before that they found out that their uncle just passed away or something. You know what I mean? You just never know what's really going on behind the scenes. And that's what social media is. It's appearances. Like there is someone posting a Gucci bag on a yacht and they're, hundred thousand dollars in debt. Right. And so, and so that's what it, it's like, we know this when we say it out loud, but when we're scrolling, it's like, does that thought really translate through? And so I think we just need to, you know, give people a little bit more benefit of the doubt and empathy. And I say this, I mean, I feel kind of hypocritical saying that right now, but I understand that I'm someone who could also, even though I feel like I have deep, deep, a deep, profound level of empathy, but when it comes to this subject in particular, like, like exhibit more empathy, because like you really don't know what people are going through and and you have to remember that social media is about appearances and even me like i will post some days that i am super depressed and that i started prozac or whatever but there are things that i'm not sharing like how messy my room is or that i got in a fight with my mom two hours before or that you know i was contemplating this or that that i talked to my therapist about so again like any example any person everyone's fighting their own battle. And you also have to remember, you may be further along in your journey of understanding Black Lives Matter. You may be further along in your journey of understanding CDC guidelines or anything, right? And so for somebody else who may, you were once that person you were ridiculing. Does that make sense? Like maybe six months ago, you were that person. And so just to have a little bit more empathy for people, because what I've learned this year, especially through arguing with people about COVID and everyone's risk levels and everyone's kind of like aversion to that risk. And, and number two, like people who I've lost through this Black Lives Matter conversation is talk about an idea that can be the pond. You can try to lead the horse to the pond, but you cannot dunk that horse's head into the pond. They have to want to drink from them from it themselves. And um, um, so he's a Lululemon ambassador. His name's Alex Montez. And he had a great point in the middle of COVID where it was like, everyone was shaming everybody and be like, oh, I see you on picnics and this, that, and the other. He brought up a great point. He was like, shaming people is with this COVID thing is not going to make them change their behavior, right? Like, so let's not do that anymore. Maybe, yeah, you can do it in your head, right? But I think it's just important to express a little bit more empathy towards others. I'm not saying condone, you know, selfish parties and all of that, but I'm just saying that, you know, we, everyone should just kind of sit back and consider, you know, there are things about me that people don't know. So there's definitely things about, you know, person number, person number one, two, and three that I'm seeing on their stories that I don't know. Right. So a little bit more empathy. And I think a little less of, 
a little less of those uh, filters, dude. Like I, I get, I get it. Like they give you eyelashes and they, you know, um, some, some of them add freckles in and some of them smooth out your face. And I think that's fine here and there for like fun, but, but it's, it's gotten way out of hand. Um, especially in like the posts where, you know, with, where people like slim their waist down and the wall has like waves on it. And, and it's not about you giving off a false, um, image of yourself it's not about how you're outwardly portrayed it's about what you're exposing on the inside and and i think we just need to normalize the fact that if we take a selfie you will see pores you will see uneven skin tones like that is okay and that's another thing i do like you know I like to get dolled up. And so when I have those nights, if I'm going on a date or whatever, I'm going to put my makeup on and I'm going to, I'm going to take a selfie, whatever. But I also have days where I'm like, even when I was really sick, like, and I didn't have any makeup on, like I'll still post and not put filters over it. Like, but the, but the ones that we have now are so out of hand because they shape your nose totally different. They make your lips like double, triple the size. And I just feel like it's fun to try it on or whatever. Um, but to actually post regularly and make that normal social media culture, I think that's, it's too much. And I think it's, I, I don't think it's about looking a certain way. I think it's about, we need to really examine what's going on inside to make us constantly not feel okay with just using no filter. Mm-hmm. I had that journey over the summer too. Like I have completely stopped like Snapchat filters because I have so many insecurities about my nose and all of the filters, like they change, like even the slightest things, like your eyes and your nose just a little bit. So when I would take it off, I would be like, oh my God, I'm so ugly. And I was like, okay, that's like super mean to say to yourself and going through that and being like, what's on the inside that's making me want to gravitate towards these filters and wanting to post a story with those filters on. And I could talk to you for two hours on what you just said. Cause I feel like you just like cracked the code on like everything that I've been experiencing because I'm a super judgmental person. That is like my, like not ironically, but like my toxic trait, like I am very judgmental. And I think when it comes to like COVID, even like having that empathy, some people like I keep in my life, but I don't address that conversation because I know I'm not going to come at that conversation with empathy. And I'm waiting until I'm at a point where I can approach it that way. So it's more productive. So it can be more sustainable. And I think like you you just gave me like my golden rule book going forward. And I'm like so excited about it. Um, yeah. Also one more thing about that social media. I, I know you just mentioned, cause it, I thought about it. Cause first of all, your nose is beautiful. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, but these filters are also in a way like supporting honestly the patriarchy and white supremacy, because when I put these filters on myself, like I've tried them, I've never posted them, but I've tried it. And I was like, yeah, right. It gives me completely different features, but guess what these features are? They're very Eurocentric features. They enlarge my eyes. And you know, Asian people get made fun of all the time, <laughs> like uh, like throughout childhood, you know? And and so it, it just kind of, and then when you turn that filter off, you're like, oh, so I'm supposed to look like this. And for someone who's 29 right now where I'm at, I'm not as impressionable. And so I'm like, no, fuck that. Excuse my language, but I'm like, no, screw that, right? Um, but imagine like someone who's in college right now. Cause when I was in college, I sure as hell didn't know myself as well, you know? And just to have those filters and then like, it, 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 it it's so detrimental to how you see yourself. 
yeah, that <laughs> hit the nose on the head. As someone who just graduated college, yes, just yes to all of that. <laughs> but yeah, I, again, I could seriously, this is fueling so many more ideas for so many things I need to talk about um, because it has been such a pleasure talking to you. I truly, not exaggerating, could talk to you for hours more about this. And I'm so grateful for you being generous with your time. Um, is to leave on a productive note, sort of getting away from positive things. But um, what do you have going on right now? How can people reach you if they are interested in taking classes with you or following you? Where can people find you? Um, (laughs) I have been dealing with uh, mental illness. My productivity hasn't been that great. So I don't have a website yet. (laughs) I'm going to be honest about that. But most of my business is actually done off Instagram. So um, my Zoom classes are on Tuesday mornings, 8 a.m. and Saturday mornings, 10, 15 a.m. Sometimes on off weeks, I'll throw in like an extra time based on demand. Um, but I also want to make sure I'm not burning out. Um, and then my private clients, I have Zoom and in-person option available. Um, but in-person options are like, you know, we have to have a mask on and all of that. So long as, you know, we, we get, we take all the necessary precautions. Um, but my Instagram is at the Sharon Kim. There's a lot of us apparently. And so I couldn't just have Sharon Kim. I had to put V in front, let us know who the Sharon Kim is. Um, and so any questions, um, I, I really try to get back to all the DMS. Um, it, sometimes it takes me a while. Um, but I, but I do eventually get to them. So, um, so try there. (laughs) Um, my TikTok is skim talk, but there's a dot S it's S dot Kim talk. So skim talk. Um, and yeah, that's, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) And as someone who has taken both in-person and zoom classes with Sharon, do it, do it, do it. Um, but it truly has been a pleasure and I'm looking forward to seeing you on TikTok more and giggling all the way, watching the dating pool jokes and all of that because we got to laugh through this year, (laughs) 2021 too. It's like, that's something I hold on to humor. So we got to hold on to that. We got to keep laughing. Even if we cry in the middle, we have to keep laughing. (laughs) Yeah. It's what keeps us going. I love it. Well, thank you again, Sharon. I am so excited to share your wisdom and your realness and authenticity with our listeners, because I am sure they're going to appreciate it. So you can find all the information about Sharon in the show notes, and I can't wait to see what's next for you. Thank you for having me. Cheers to 2021. Yes, cheers to 2021. Take care. So that was my interview with Sharon. I really hope you enjoyed it and took something from it. Um, I know I personally did. I always, as I said, probably 20 times on that podcast, I'm constantly inspired by Sharon and constantly inspired to open up more, which is what precipitated this podcast and me opening up about my personal journey and sharing things that I never thought I would share on a podcast that people are listening to. Um, But I think people like Sharon are very unique and in that they are willing to share about their experiences and being so open and so wise and so giving, but also knowing the balance of 
when to share and when to conserve your social battery. And I think there are so many things. I'm probably going to re-listen to that conversation multiple times um, for a lot of the wisdom that was shared. Um, But something I think we want to talk about, we alluded to it in one of our very first um, episodes. I think it was one of the rapid fire questions that we did about fitness. But I was it like, I think it was yoga versus running. Yes. Yep. That was definitely what it was. Yeah. Yeah, everybody has a different fitness journey, and we're not here to tell you what to do. That is certainly not our place, but um, I think we both have kind of strong feelings about fitness classes. Like I said in my interview with Sharon, I was very skeptical going into my first Rumble class, but I think it was very different and much more empowering um, than other spaces that I've been in. I know Molly and I talk a lot about like Soul Cycle and um, Orange Theory. Orange Theory, yep. And we have some kind of strong feelings about this idea of competition because sometimes being in a small space and working out with other people is great. And especially during a pandemic, I think we're all um, those of us who have gone to group fitness classes are kind of missing that environment. But Mm -hmm. it definitely does open up to a lot of comparison and competition. And well, it can. It doesn't always have to. Mm-hmm. And it de- it definitely can. And I think that a lot of fitness instructors probably don't get the proper training and background on how to be patient almost with the um, trainees that you're working with. Mm-hmm. Trainee, I don't think, I think that's right. The trainees that you're working with. Um, I think that that's just a little bit of a disconnect probably between the mental health space and the fitness space. I think fitness is, um, a lot of times fitness classes are all about like the next, your next best in achieving like a new goal and um, really pushing your body. And sometimes that's not what's best for your mental health. It might be what's best for your physical health, but for your mental health, it's just not. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be really, really damaging. I think that the fitness space could be a lot more productive if we could sort of find a happy medium between the two and intertwine them and um, have more education in like that regard but just from what I know about current fitness classes and current fitness instructors it's just like fitness junkies you know Mm -hmm. yelling at you for (laughs) an hour and a half and that's just not something that I'm interested in not something that I think would be productive for me at all I don't Mm -hmm. think that it's really productive for my friends when I see them going I mean at my at UConn where I went to school, um, they had a lot of fitness classes that were actually run by students, and I think those were incredibly um, rewarding because I had my friends running fitness classes that I knew who invited me to come. They'd have playlists of music that I liked and that they liked, and it was fun. But transitioning that into after college, trying to go to fitness classes that are run by strangers and just people that don't know me, they're not as patient and not as understanding that my body isn't going to be able to do the same as the body next to me. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It just feels not good. Yeah. It's and the I best think, way to put it. Just not good. Yeah. And I think... There's so much um, about that that resonates because appearances are very deceiving. Someone, 
in a smaller body might not work out a lot and someone in a bigger body might work out a lot. And I think there's a lot of judgment in the fitness space. And I think even there was a recent expose on Soul Cycle and how some instructors were speaking to their athletes. I guess I like to use that word for people who work out, but, um, and just that, and it's, I think it's that just like not understanding how to speak to people who come to take your class because everybody's in a very different space for why they're working out. And I think for some people working out is a great way to relieve stress. And like, personally, I get a lot of that from working out. Yeah. Everybody's very different with the way they approach fitness. And I think even, fitness instructors, I think Sharon brought up a good point that people who lead the class are often thought to be or feel pressure to be positive all the time, but that's just not a fact of life. People aren't happy 100% of the time. And I think this idea that fitness is a one like stop shop for happiness is very misleading because I think happiness can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. People can not work out and be the happiest they've ever been. And mm-hmm. and also fitness can really make you unhappy sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like it, imagine going to a fitness class and pulling like a muscle. Like It's mm-hmm. going to make you pretty unhappy for like the next two days. Yeah. And I think there's so much room for growth is I think a good way to put it in the fitness space. Um, so if you love soul cycle or love orange theory good for you um i think that's just not our jam um yeah absolutely i mean there's nothing wrong with loving soul cycle or loving orange theory like if you're the kind of person that really thrives off that competition maybe is in a body that can go to those classes and really push yourself um then that's really really awesome and we congratulate you and we think that you should still keep going as long as it's not hurting you mentally Mm -hmm. I think there are people though that do go that are in this mindset like oh I want to be like that girl who goes to Orange Theory and gets the best score I don't know how the scoring system works but I know there's a scoring system like the splat points or something yeah something like that and I think that can really negatively affect people just maybe based on past mental health um Mm -hmm. experiences or anything like that but yeah, we're not like bashing on you if you go to Orange Theory or Soul Cycle. You should if you love it. But we're also giving you permission that if you don't love it and if you're listening to us now and you're like, mm, yeah, you're right, I go and I feel real like not good about myself afterwards or I feel upset with the way the instructor sort of pushes me or anything like that, stop going. Yeah. <laughs> Just you, stop going. This is your permission. And then, yeah, this is stop. your permission to stop going. And if you're like, well, then what do I do to stay fit? Try out some new stuff. Yeah. I mean, just really try out new things. I personally was not very, um, I don't want to say the word fit because I don't feel like I'm unfit, but Mm -hmm. I wasn't very athletic for the longest time until I started trying new things. Mm -hmm. Shockingly, what I like to do is I like to rock climb, which is weird (laughs) because I don't like heights and (laughs) I don't really know, I just don't know where it came from. It just sort of happened by like my friends inviting me to go rock climbing and then I just liked it. So really just like try new things, like buy a day pass for a rock climbing gym, see if you like it. Mm-hmm. Or 
I don't know. I feel like you can go to like dance classes. You can go like ice skating. Maybe you love ice skating, hiking, like mm-hmm. really anything, just trying anything. And it's also a really good way to like get out and do something with some friends, you know? Go to Rumble. Yes, go to Rumble. Plug. (laughs) Um, Do online classes. Go sign up for Sharon's classes. Um, Because I do think it is a really welcoming space and meets you where you're at. And I had never boxed before. And I was like, do I need to know the basic boxing moves before I go? (laughs) But like, like Sharon said, you don't need to know anything going in. And it's not a boxing class. Like, you don't actually like fight anyone. It's just, it's very... It's very welcoming, I think, at the end of the day. Um, yeah, and it sounds amazing, but again, you might go to your first Rumble class and not love it, and you're mm-hmm. like, no, I actually really love SoulCycle. Like, I just want to go back to SoulCycle. Mm-hmm. Then do that. Like, it's really yeah. up to whatever makes you feel the best. Mm-hmm. I do think, yeah, I did see, like, an Instagram story or um, I think it was a TikTok video um, about the body positivity movement and how a lot of it is led by people, especially women in smaller bodies and how that can be damaging. And it talks a lot about um, why is our society so afraid of being fat? Because it's like a whole thing. And I think we... um, I definitely want to be more educated on it before I talk so much about it, but I do think that is important to note that... Fitness does has nothing to do with how much you weigh. Exactly. Let's just make that very clear. That has nothing clear, to yeah. do with how much you weigh. Um, you could go on a hike every single day and never lose a pound, and you're still fitter than me. <laughs> like, you just are. And I am very obviously in a very small body. I'm 4'9". Like, I yeah. just... It just is what it is, and yeah, it's just, it's, being fit has nothing to do with how much you weigh, and we just want to make that very clear, um, and if you never want to get off the couch again, do it. <laughs> yeah. and I More think, power to you. Yeah, I, I think this societal fear of how much you weigh and things like that, I was even... There was, like, a sign in my town here in Vermont, and there's, like, this, like, one of those, like, neon signs with different messages on it and stuff like that, like a mini billboard, and there was just this very, it was just a very, like, fat-phobic message, and I just, I remember passing it, and I was like, why on earth, (laughs) why, who approved that going up on a sign, and just, I think there is a lot of that out in the world, and just be very conscious of it, and you are the expert on your own body and you know what feels good and do what feels good. And honestly, um, that's all that matters. And yeah, I think being, you hit the nail on the head. Being fit doesn't correlate with how much you weigh. Um, fitness looks like a lot of different things. And before you go to a magazine or a blogger to see what fitness is, sort of do a check-in with yourself. Um, and I think, yeah, being being intentional about where you are when you come to these workouts is important too. I know some of the workouts I've liked the least are the ones where I've been pushed too far, um, and just like being pushed hard just for the sake of being pushed hard. And I think like that's not what I like. I like 
doing things that keep me in tune with my body because I tie fitness to mental health a lot. And that's why I love yoga so much is that it allows me to turn things off and really assess where my body's at and where the tension is and where to sort of put a lot of effort into. But some people don't like yoga and some people like doing other things um, to get their mind clear. And um, yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's all about what you like, but make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons. Um, And also, I just want to note about the whole um, positivity thing. I use yoga for a lot of different reasons. Like when I've been really upset or in like a really bad like anxiety attack or something like that, like sometimes I've done yoga and I have been sobbing while I've done a yoga routine in my apartment. (laughs) And if my roommate's listening to this, we joke about this all the time. But like there are some nights where I go out and I do yoga and I'm crying profusely and it's just an outlet for me. Um, And so it's not like I come out of that workout and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, I feel so great. It's just, I like, that's how I process through like a really, (laughs) I want to say like a really shitty night. And that's what I did. And I went to bed and I still wasn't feeling great, but it just, it was a way for me to work through it. So it's not always like the glamorous, like post-workout selfie, which I, I do all the time. I'm admitting that, but it's like not every workout is like that. Um, so yeah. And also you don't need to see like moving your body as being a workout. You know, like you can mm-hmm. go for a hike and not think of it as, oh, I'm working out to be fit. You can be, I'm going, you can think of it as I'm going on a hike because I want to think through this tough de- decision I have to make and I don't want to be like cooped up in my house. I want to be like in nature and like be able to feel my thoughts freely. You can think of it like mm-hmm. that. Like I think that fitness has gone into this sort of idea where to be fit, you have to like, work out whereas I disagree Mm. I think that it's important to move your body yes but it doesn't need to be in any way that is working out it could be simply walking to go get dinner like with your friends you could be going out to the bar and you could walk like you're moving your body I mean if you're in heels like that's a workout right there (laughs) so you can't really I mean obviously not right now because we're during the pandemic but like in the future, just like remind yourself that if you're moving your body, like you're doing something good for your body and that's what's important. You don't need to think of it Mm -hmm. as, oh, did I do a hundred stair climbers at the gym? Like, no, it doesn't need to be that. Mm -hmm. It could be as simple as like going with your friends to throw Frisbee around and really you're just hanging out with your friends, but you're still also moving your body. Yeah, and I think, Living in D.C., we talked about this in one of our first episodes, too. Like, I go down to the mall a lot, and a very common thing at GW, it's so weird now that I'm saying that, but, like, a common activity at night <laughs> was just walking around the monuments with friends. And That's a perfect I example. I love that because, yeah, and it's honestly, it's such a good quote-unquote workout. Um, yeah, but you're not but working I have had, out. Right. And I have had some of the deepest talks with people walking around like the reflecting pool. (laughs) I didn't realize the irony in that until just now. But I've had really like soul nourishing experiences while also like taking care of my body a little bit. And it's just those are some of my favorite times where I've been unknowingly supporting my body. Mm -hmm. It's been like walking around and just talking with people who mean a lot to me. And that's been something that's helped my body. Um, Yeah, and you wouldn't go home from that experience and be like, oh, I checked off working out today. Like, you wouldn't. You wouldn't look at that as 
doing something for your body, but it is. And I think that people mm-hmm. need to be more intentional about looking at their day and more mindful about looking at their day and being like, do I really need to force myself to go to the gym right now? Or did I already move my body a ton today and I can use this time to rest? Obviously, if you mm-hmm. want to go to the gym, you should go. But if you don't want to, like, and you're kind of bumming on yourself because you don't feel like you did anything today, really look at what you did do because I'm sure there's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was something I was incredibly hard on myself during quarantine because I tried to do yoga every day. And I like I even said that in the first podcast, like I try to do it a lot. And the days that I don't, I would get really down on myself. And I was like, why would I get down on myself? I'm like, that was in the peak time that I was applying for jobs. Mm-hmm. So I'd spend all this time doing that. And I was like exhausted at the end. And I would like go watch a movie with my roommate and go to bed. <laughs> and that was a good day. And I felt good about it. And I think it's just taking it day by day, honestly. Um, And honestly, every time we record one of these podcasts, I, like, start to think deeper about these topics that in the past mm -hmm. we'd be like, oh, we should really talk about that. Like, pause, and we will wait to talk about it on the podcast. And just, like, thinking about it right at the beginning when we were talking in this um, reflecting period, talking about how I really just genuinely feel like the mental health industry and the fitness industry need to get together and like have a baby of like what it (laughs) what like health in general should be and like wellness Mm -hmm. because I think that really great things could happen is if if fitness classes were created with mental health in mind I just think Mm -hmm. that could be like I don't know it yeah. just could just do really great things. And right now, I think they're just, like, on pathways. Uh, they're forking off from each other, and they need to, like, reconnect come and together. come together. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, could really do some good for humanity. 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 Yeah. What's the word? Humanity. Humanity. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds weird when I'm saying it. It's like, oh, I know what you mean, though. I have so many words like that. Like, should we start a um, fitness class? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be in the LBO line. Oh, yeah, coming God. in like 2025. Yeah, no. Fitness classes. I think this was a good <laughs> high level look at the fitness industry. And if you have strong thoughts on this, I think Anchor allows you to send us audio messages. So do that. Or just like, or if you follow we'll us on Instagram, DM us. Posting something. I mean, with every podcast, we'll post a um, Instagram post. So you can always just find the one that correlates and go comment below or even just DM us. Um, mm-hmm. Really anything. Um, but yeah, we would love to hear from you. And if you have like really strong opinions or thoughts or want to discuss on the podcast, we'd love to have you on and we could have a follow-up podcast to this one to discuss it more. Maybe you have a gym that focuses on combining mental health and physical health. And we just don't know about it yet. If yeah. you do, let, let us, us know because we want to come. <laughs> and um, we would love to, you know, obviously help promote it and try it out ourselves. And if you don't, but you want to do it, take our idea, please. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need credit for it. We just want to see it out in the world. Yeah, we, yeah, we don't need credit. <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're good where we are. Uh, I always come away from discussions like this always feeling like motivated or just I know I'm like ready to go do some yoga (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
Um, I have been taking the last few days off of climbing because Adam got his wisdom teeth out. So I'm like, I'm pretty, um, you know, I feel like a lump on a log, but it's fine because Mm -hmm. I've been doing other things. Yeah, I haven't worked out since after my quarantine in Vermont. Like, I quarantined in a hotel room, and I did yoga while I was there just so I wouldn't lose my mind, (laughs) because I physically could not leave my room, and there was nothing else to do. I still can't Um, believe, every time we called while you were there, you seemed so sane. And I was like, I I don't understand. (laughs) Like, I I would be dying. (laughs) I had multiple mental breakdowns, but I watched, like, three seasons of Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce while I was there. (laughs) Um, It's fine. But... And, like, yoga helped me through that, and I was able to just, like, move my body a little bit, listen to Evermore. It was great. Um, But since I've been home, I've been spending more time with my family, and that feels good. And that's, like, I will probably do more yoga once I'm back in D.C., but maybe I'll do something else. And it's, yeah, it's all about, like, what feels good for you. Yeah. Do whatever feels good for you. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, And and don't get on a scale. Don't do that. Oh, my God. Unless yeah. you're, like, a pro wrestler or something and you need to stay in a weight class, which, one, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> if you are a pro wrestler, please let us know why you're listening to this podcast in our DMs. And also, also, do you want to come on the podcast? Yeah, we would love to talk to you. I would love to talk to a pro wrestler. I'm so interested in that whole world. Yeah. Why are you here? <laughs> We're glad you're here, but why? <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, don't get on a scale unless you're a pro wrestler and you need to stay in a weight class is just really my wrap-up. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I love it. That's a good place to, <laughs> good place to close to end. it out. Yeah. Um, if you liked this podcast, rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know. Go follow and comment. Um, things like that. Um, but, yeah, we'll see you either at the next episode that you're going to click the look you're going to click directly after this um or we'll just see you another time um that was not good can you carry us out better (laughs) i just always say bye everybody bye everybody (laughs) bye everybody (laughs) can we say goodbye normally let's do an irish goodbye that's literally how i say it every time I'm going to do an Irish goodbye. What I feel like does I just that spoiled mean? It. Irish goodbyes, you just leave. You don't say bye. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of A Little Bit Unfiltered, A Little Bit of Production. You can find us everywhere at ALBU Podcast. We hope we earned the privilege of your time, and we'll see you back here. Same time next Monday. Bye.